And I've, I've been talking to so many people this week that have been saying in very different ways, but all coming down to the same thing of, but I don't have time. Which thing am I supposed to prioritize? Where do you want me, Ian? It's very simple. I want you where Jesus is. I want you to find quality time with Jesus. And when we find that quality time with Jesus, supernaturally, God gives us love one for another. And that's why I'm saying, first dig wells and then build fellowship. Because in John 1, he says, you can't love your brother, the one John, you can't love your brother or you can't love God and not love your brother. And it's this thing of like, if we truly love God, the fruit in our life will be love one for another. And so we can put up that scripture. It's 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. And this is Peter writing to a group of people that are spread far and wide. And he says, as you come to him, as you come to Jesus, it's not if you come to him or, or when you bother to come to him, the magic formula, I'm pushing buttons here, the magic formula is as we continuously, daily, hourly, minute by minute, come to Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So Jesus is one living stone and gone. You yourselves like living stones. Now it went from one living stone to the many living stones are being built up. In the Ian International Translation, it says, are being built up together. You yourselves like living stones are being built up together as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the two key words there, one of them is not even in scripture. The one is as, and the other one is together. As we dig our wells, we will find fellowship together. So I'm gonna do an exercise, a very practical exercise here. I want you all to do that thing that none of us ever wanna do in church. Look around at the people around you. Make eye contact with the people around you. It's a very dangerous thing to do in Josh Jane because I might not get your attention back. I'm pretty sure while you were looking around, there is somebody in this room, it's easy to say this with Durbanville here, but even if you take the Durbanville guys out the way, there is somebody in this room that you have never had a conversation with, let alone had coffee with, let alone had dinner with. But we call each other family. And so I wanna encourage us. God is busy doing something. Don't wait for me. Don't wait for home group. Don't wait for Eddie. Open up your home. And if your home looks a little bit like a, a London apartment, more like a broom closet than a house, open up somebody else's home. <laughs> Invite yourself over. 
But do it graciously. Like, take the meal. Don't just be like, I'm here for dinner. You're like, what? <laughs> but I feel like God's saying, let's all get together. But we don't get together like those that are crawling out of the desert. And we get to Jethro. Here comes the impersonation. We get to Jethro's doorstep, and we're like, feed me, help me. No. As we come to Jesus, and we then arrive overflowing with his grace. So Dion last week spoke about the well of God. And I want to say to us, we need to find God's well. We're all drinking from a well. And last week, Dion said, if it's not God's well, switch wells. It's a bit like a cell phone advert. Switch wells. And then the other thing he said, which we all loved, was next is more. Next is more. And Peter has this great pep talk. I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but in 1 Peter, he says, and yes, a lot of my scriptures are coming out of 1 Peter this morning. But he has this great pep talk, which is my kid's favorite song at the moment. He says, yeah, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You want grace? You want peace? You want life? Find Jesus. I did it yesterday. I was just in my lounge all alone, me and Levi, and God pitched up. And there's nothing that compares. There's just nothing that compares. And he goes on to say, be holy in all your conduct, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Again, if we find Jesus, we will love one another. So I want to talk about wells. So if we can put up John 4, it's verse 4 to 14. And the thing that comes out of this is, and I know this, I love the scripture because I'm that guy that is always thirsty. I've always got a water bottle or a glass of water or something because I walk around all day. I wake up every morning. I'm like, I feel like a bit like a camel. <laughs> and so this is Jesus. And he says here, talking about Jesus, he had to, tr uh, to pass through Samaria. I could stop there. He had to pass through Samaria. There are so many things wrong with that sentence. But it must be right because it was Jesus. If one of his disciples said, I have to pass through Samaria, they'd all be like, no, you don't. But Jesus said, he had to pass through Samaria. And so they did. And they were all like, no, you don't. We can go around. Like, seriously, Jesus, there's another way. And that's us. We think we know where God is leading us until he tells us otherwise. And so part of this thing of being at God's well is not going where you want to go, 
That was Moses. He's like, I've got my life planned out for me now. And God was like, no, you don't. You haven't got a clue what I've got planned for you. So he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Joseph's well was there. So Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. So again, we've got some pedigree here. This is not just any old well. This is Jacob's well. This is a, a holy site, ironically in Samaria. And it was middle of the day. It was six o'clock, which is lunchtime. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And how often has that happened to you? That Jesus will come to you and before he offers you anything, he says to you, give me something. What do you have to offer me? And he doesn't do it because he needs. He does it because he wants to show us that what we can do on our own strength is so inadequate compared to what he has for us. <clears throat> so he says, um, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan a woman of Samaria, and I can go for a whole hour on why this is happening. So if you don't know what's going on here politically, come and chat to me. But that's not the key point, because this could be any of us today that he's talking to. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So in this moment, if you think back over your life with God, and you think about the moments when he's put his finger on something. Because here, God says to her, give me a drink of water through Jesus. Jesus says, give me a drink of water. But then he says, I didn't expect you to give me a drink of water. I expected you to say, give me a drink of water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I will, I will, I will give. And so this morning I want to ask you, who of you are like the woman at the well? Who of you have drunk but are thirsty. And it's possible that you drank of God even. And you're like, but, but I've drank of God and I'm thirsty. That's very simple. You stopped. You stopped drinking. Because like Peter said, as we come to Jesus continuously, not that one time, as we the, the phrase there, it's, it's, it, you might find it interesting. She didn't question what is living water because they had a concept. Living water was something that was flowing. It had life in it. It was healthy. 
It wasn't stagnant. So it's a quality. It's not just the essence of what it's. It's a quality. And for some of us, we're sitting here going, but I have drunk, but I'm thirsty. And I want to say this morning, if that is you, Jesus awaits. What are you waiting for? And the overflow of that is loving one another. So then... Jethro, come and help me out here for a second. This is very humbling, but can you hold my mic for me, please? And I had this illustration that for many of us, recently we've been feeling very full and very busy. And so I want to show you a quick hand demonstration of what God is busy doing at the moment. And so a good life, The life that most of us want to live looks like this. This is Jesus, and this is us. These are the things that Jesus has given us to run in, and these are the things that we have given ourselves to run in. And life is good, and life is balanced. But when we tap into Jesus, this is what Jesus does says, this is what I want you to run in. This is what I want you to run in. And then in, in our wisdom and in our graciousness and in our patience, we do this as human beings. <laughs> awesome, God. You've given me so much. It must mean that you're giving me capacity for all my stuff too. So I'm going to lift the the capacity on my stuff. I'm going to run even harder. And what does that look like? Thanks, Jethro. What does that look like after a little bit of time? Maybe an hour, maybe a day, maybe a month. It looks a little bit like this. (laughs) I can't anymore. You're asking too much. And so this morning, if this is you, God is saying, do this. My yoke is easy, but it's still a yoke. My burden is light, but it's still a burden. And there will be times when it will be here, and there are times when it will be here. But if you are my people, when I lift it, Make yourself nothing and just wallow in my presence because I can't give you my presence here. I can give you some of my presence here, but if you want to be overflowing and you can't tell which day of the week it is and it's just miracles everywhere and life is chaos, you want God here, then you have to drop all the stuff that you have. And maybe that's for a moment. And you're all going to come line up afterwards, I know, and you're going to say, but Ian, I have a job. Are you telling me to quit my job? But Ian, I have a family. Are you telling me to ignore my kids? No. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you to find Jesus. I'm telling you to dig that well, to find Jesus. When you find him, he will tell you what to do. He will tell you what to drop. He will tell you what to pick up. But we've got to understand that when Jesus wants to give us more to walk in, to flow in, who here wants to see signs and wonders? 
Who here wants to see miracles and, and revival and, and everything else? I can tell you this. Miracles, revival, it doesn't need Ian. It needs Jesus. It doesn't need you. It needs Jesus through you. And speaking of through, I, I was looking, I was standing in my lounge this morning and I was looking at, at our windows at the front of our house. And our windows are not dirty. They are normal windows. It's been windy lately, so there's a bit of dust on them. But where the sun hit the window, where there was a shadow, I could see straight through the window. I could see everything perfectly clearly because the windows aren't that dirty. But where the sun hit the window, all I could see was dirt. All I could see was the window. It was like a frosted glass. And so the same happens with us. When all people can see is us, they can't see through us to Jesus. But that's what he has for us. And in John, in John 7, a bit further on, Jesus says, If anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So says, Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So if you this, this morning are feeling like the woman at the well, all you got to do is believe. It's as simple as that. I'm going to call up the worship team again. I almost got my, my time out. <laughs> so David came to me this week, one of the Davids, one of the many Davids. And, he, and he, he shared a picture with me and he said, he has a watch. Now you're going to all go look at David's watches, the David's watches. He has this watch that has the arms of the watch glow in the dark. But they only glow in the dark if they've been in the light. And so the other day he noticed and he saw the, the hands on his watches weren't glowing. So he put it under a light to charge them. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to ask you all to do the ridiculous and be vulnerable and be available. I'm not going to do a ministry call because you've all been called, every single one of you. I'm not gonna call for the prophetic team to come forward or the leaders to come forward because the Holy Spirit lives in each one of you. And if he doesn't, come speak to me and I'll pray for you and then you can go and do what you need to do amongst the people. But I wanna ask, we're gonna wait on God now. And I'm gonna ask some of you, if you guys, if you wanna come forward, you can come forward, but I wanna wait on God right now. And then I want to ask you, as God speaks. And I said to Jethro, I think it was this morning, I said to him, I feel like I'm going out on a limb. What if God doesn't speak? And he immediately started speaking. And he gave me the, he gave me the scripture we opened the meeting with. And he started doing things. And he said, every time you trust me, I never let you down. And so it's very easy for me to call up some prophetic people and say, prophesy and, and we'll, we'll feel the joy of God. But, but 
I feel like God wants to work through every single one of us. So as you tap into the well this morning, look around. Ask God for somebody. Ask for a heart for somebody. And whether you know their name or you know their whole backstory, it doesn't matter. Go and pray with them. Go and prophesy over them. Because we can all prophesy. Jesus said it. There's a song that I was listening to yesterday and the words go, Jesus, your blood has made my hands clean. So I will not hide my face. And I wanna ask each of us, maybe we can close our eyes. Don't hide your face. Don't hide your face.